0: All right, welcome to Green Eggs and West Ham. After a great 4-0 victory against Norwich, which ended up securing their relegation, screwed us well clear of relegation, and we're now ahead of Watford on gold referential with 16th place. Uh, Chris, we've got a game coming up against Watford. How huge was the win uh, against Norwich?
1: It It was massive. This was one of those games where you need to take care of business. There's no excuses Norwich are by far the bottom team in the table, already relegated after this, this win by us. It, it, was, it was a game that if we wouldn't have gotten the three points, you really can't – we wouldn't have necessarily deserved to stay up. This was a game we had to show. We are a Premier League team. Norwich is not. We get the result and move much closer to safety.
0: Uh, something uh, that I think is worth mentioning is uh, making a statement here. So if you had won one zero and it was a really tight game, you know, um, barely maybe even got a penalty kick or something like barely was ahead, which that's not a too good of a look, but the fact that we came out and went, you know, four nil victory was, was saying, okay, you know, every other team in the premier league pretty much has uh, done pretty well against them. Like we are at that level. It wasn't just like, we're barely fighting relegation and we're just barely going to stay up because we got a a free penalty or something. So I think making a statement here was really important for the team to say, Hey, like we're at the premier league level, you know, we're not at the championship level. Um, Also I, I think undisputably the man of the match was Antonio with four goals.
1: Yeah, let's talk about how crazy that was. First West Ham player ever in, I believe, at least the Premier League era, if not ever, to get four goals in a game. The first to get a hat trick since Andy Carroll did four years ago when we were still playing at Upton Park. It is, wow, it was a huge result. Great job by him. He has worked so hard. Been really one of our, if not our top player, our one of the top two players since the restart and this was a huge game for him. I'm just, just so happy. He, the way, the effort he puts into every game, it's great to see someone like that rewarded like this. He he
0: absolutely deserves it. And you know, I was uh, trying to think of the linchpin say of our team and I would probably say it's rice. However, if you looked at offensively, the linchpin right now is Antonio and uh, he 100% has earned that and worked, worked his way to that spot. So it, it, the effort he's put in game in and game out you know uh coming before the restart he, he uh, sorry, I should say before the virus um he was kind of going up and down, he had some injury trouble, all that, but hey, since the restart he's you know fine with injury he can play each game he can play the full ninety minutes he puts in a hundred and ten percent every single time i i've I've loved the way that we're moving the ball offensively, and I think he is uh just eating up exactly what we're giving we're giving him the service. We're giving him the the room to move. It's perfect right now.
1: Yeah. And I, I want to say this is this might be this might take you aback at first, but I want to explain it. The four goals wasn't the difference wasn't him. It was the way the team played around him. He's been working this hard every game. He's been getting, for the most part, in really good positions every game. What the difference was that allowed him to get the four goals. Now he deserved every single goal because he was exactly in the right position. But the difference, he's been putting in this 100% effort every time. It's the way we moved the ball around him that really saw the dividends paid today, in the game. I, I thought the way we've looked since the second half of the Chelsea game has been we've been a completely different offensive team, generating chances. We got the three goals against Chelsea, two against uh, Newcastle. We really, although we, we got held scoreless at Burnley, really generated some good chances you can argue whether it was we weren't clinical or whether their goalkeeper just played excellently and we'll talk about their goalkeeper in just a little bit it and then now we scored four all created through good team opportunities I really think we're playing such a different style of offense that's it's getting results I do, too.
0: And the two words I would use to describe how we're playing compared to how we uh, used to play is rhythm and chemistry. I think I'm seeing a lot of connection. You know, we're connecting on those long through balls. We're connecting on even the short passes. And I'm kind of making I don't want to say conservative, but we're making smarter passes is the way to put it. Um, Instead of just, you know, bombing it down the field and hoping that someone can get there. It, they're actually, I feel like they're actually looking around and saying, okay, you know, hey, or, I don't have any options forward. I'm going to pull it back. Let's keep possession. Let's keep the ball. Even though Moyes isn't a huge possession manager, um, I think we've done a little bit better in terms of uh, using our 30 to 40% possession smarter than uh, than we did before. And and it's paying dividends. Like you mentioned, the team around Antonio, I, I actually do uh, agree with that. And I think we saw that also, um, Isuchek had a few chances too, and it, like you said, Antonio's been putting out 110%. I think suchek has been doing really, really well these past few games. But they both of them had an exceed a, a large amount of chances this game. And a lot of that has to do with how the ball gets to that person, not just that person individually.
1: Exactly. And this was really – this kind of epitomized the way you can be an effective offensive team without possession. So let me just read you a couple stats from this game. So we had 47% possession. So we had less than half possession. Usually we sit around 40% this game. We obviously had more. But we generated 19 shots, seven of which were on target. That's insane. Like we – they had two shots on target to our seven. So they had more possession, but none of their possession was dangerous. If Let's look at the action zones. So they had 53% of possession, but the ball was only in our our final third 20% of the time. Whereas we had – of possession in their half so that this was a masterclass on well I won't call it a masterclass but they're because they're not a fantastic team we got to do this against a better team to to get that designation but we this was a great example of how you can use what Moyes wants this style of play to be to be a, a threatening offensive team
0: Yeah, that's true. And in games past, we've had the first, maybe first half be okay and the second half bad or the first half be good and the second half bad. But let's look at when Antonio scored. So he scored in the 11th minute. He scored in stoppage time in the first half. Then he scored in the 54th minute and then the 74th minute. So if you kind of look at, hey, just an overview of the game, it seems like we're strong throughout both the first half and second half. And and that's what I saw uh, watching the game. I saw that we never really slowed down the pace. We really didn't have any massive spell of um, losing the ball, giving it free away, and you know, and just really defending badly, and all this stuff um, compounding problems. It it really was a pretty solid performance all the way around.
1: Generally, it was. I think there was a a short period in the first half, maybe after our first goal, where we let down a little bit, and they they had some chances where they got it around our box. They either kind of had bad touches or bad passes never really got any threatening shots off but for the most part maybe 75 80 80 minutes of that game we were clearly the better team and that's really that's how it should be this is we're playing against a championship side we need to show that we're that level above them and today we were Uh, let's get let's get talk about the Obviously Antonio had a great day. Let's just talk about the, the team selection. I know you and I had a very visceral reaction when we saw the the lineup screenshot. Uh, there was one particular player that kind of set it off and that was Noble. What What did you think when you saw the team sheet?
0: Yeah, I was uh, pretty disappointed in the noble selection. Uh, the rest of the team, hey, they've been playing great. You know, keep that same team out there. But I don't understand the noble selection. And we saw the the sub to. Um, we've seen Moy sub him in a few times, and I I just don't think he ad- he's adding anything to the team. Uh, I, I'm not seeing. I I saw a big difference when he subs in Yarmolenko or he subs in uh, someone that can kind of change the game a little bit. But but noble to me is not changing the game. And so when I saw him start, I thought okay, well, we're playing a, a team which we, we first of all need to win. But second of all, we should be scoring goals. We need to get up early. Um, and, and then you played this, this defensive midfielder who, uh, I mean, great history with the club, but we already have like the rice Suchet combo. So why not throw in another offensive mid there? Um, I, I think yeah. it was even after the win, I still think it was a mistake to start him. I think you could have done even better with starting another player.
1: I agree. When I first saw the the team sheet, I was furious. I was like, we're going to Norwich. We need to get a win. This is a team we should easily beat. We need to play a very offensive-minded formation. And and to really have that midfield three, that particular midfield three, just didn't seem like we were going to have the the aggressiveness we needed. We ended up playing very well and getting the result. Um and I thought Noble played an interesting game now this is this is where we when we were texting about it we during the game we we kind of we were very critical of a lot of times where he took too long in possession seemed to be a little slow would, would get the ball nicked off of him a few times and really when he was pressing he was often the furthest man forward pressing and would just kind of get out of position now i don't think he offered anything defensively this game But I want to read you – I think he actually did make an offensive difference at times. Now, he had one of the assists to Antonio. Uh, He crossed it in, and I believe it was Antonio's uh, third goal that he did. And then the fourth goal, he hit the through ball. Uh, Antonio didn't put away that chance, but that's the one he headed in after the keeper saved. So really was was key for two of the goals created – how do we balance kind of that where he he's leading to goals, but then so much else of the game, he's not really offering anything.
0: Yeah. uh, Good question. And I think you need to look at the type of players like say Bowen, for instance, Um, Bowen is contributing defensively. He's contributing offensively. He's putting balls into the box. He's beating people, beating, uh, I should say, defenders uh, around the box to get shots on target or even just to cross it in. So he's a player that's contributing all 90 minutes. Noble, if I played the Premier League and I played 50 games in the Premier League, there'd probably be one or two uh, games where I you know, had a decent pass and, uh, and contributed. But, but I'm not contributing for the other 49 games and 80, you know, 88 minutes of even that game that I did contribute. because so you, You're going to have moments of brilliance, I think, but um, I would still argue that you, you need a player that can play the whole game and be effective the whole game. Uh, to me, Noble, yeah, sure, he can be effective sometimes, but that's not enough.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think – I would say this game was a great example of how Noble can, can be very valuable to, to this team but he also probably shouldn't be featuring 90 minutes a game. He probably shouldn't be an in and every, every game player. Uh, I, he, he had some good passes today, but we also, I don't think you're going to see us have this much time on the ball against other premier league teams. I don't think he's going to be able to, he, he's, he doesn't move at the speed that that we need him to move at to to really compete against good Premier league teams. so I think he still has a place in the team and can contribute to wins like he did today but I think also we saw several times today where he he wasn't just he wasn't consistent enough to me to, to to earn another start
0: so let me let me ask you this uh, you say uh, a position in the team and we've talked about okay, yeah definitely needs to be around the West Ham club um after he retires but do you think he still deserves a spot on the bench?
1: Oh, absolutely! I, I think having him involved—I think, let's even if Mark Noble doesn't touch the pitch in a game, him being on the bench contributes positively to the team. Having his presence, uh, his leadership, his stability is is big, especially especially with now with the extended bench, no question. But with the even with the normal uh, seven man bench, I think he he deserves a spot. I still think he can. Um, contribute if we place him in the right position. I, I think an example of of putting him in the wrong position was was kind of his defensive assignment today of being really up there with Antonio, if not beyond Antonio, at times when we were pressing defensively. That doesn't work because he's not fast enough to actually get the ball off of someone up there. But then when they get the ball past him, like they will always do he's not fast enough to get back into the midfield to defend. So I, that's just not putting him in a good position. I think having him really maybe switching where he and Sucek would be on the defensive side would be more effective where he's still sitting next to Rice uh, deeper, more just right in front of that back line. And Suchek's the one maybe running ahead because Suchek has kind of the engine where he's, he can actually contribute to a press, but also get back if the ball gets beyond him. So I'm not against I, – I don't know if I'd play him more than 60 minutes in a game, and I, I don't really think he's a – I don't think he's the player you need to start against every team. I think he's more matchup dependent, more when we need an experienced player that will fight, but we got to put him in the right positions. Same thing like when I say – when I about talk about Fornals. Fornals is another great example. The player who tends to be able to contribute to two goals leading up to goals, either assist or scoring them, but then you put him on the left wing – and put him in a mostly defensive role he's not going to shine so you need well we had him a day we had him on the left side but was more forward advanced and, and he he played fairly well you just you gotta as a manager in Moyes you gotta put your players in the right situations and I think all too often there are large gaps of where we we put Noble his defensive assignment in a position that doesn't suit him and hurts the team
0: yeah and you're saying uh, it, it doesn't suit him and hurts the team and And it's hurting us defensively what what did you think of our defensive performance against norwich and and even a little bit of burnley because i think it was kind of similar honestly
1: yeah we kind of got lucky uh we neither game did we give up a a lot of chances and and the burnley goal i think was quite lucky by them although Mm -hmm. we date we gave up some other good opportunities that that fabianski saved in that game uh but there were there were many cases in, in this Norwich game where they would get a good through ball in and, and just their their player would just have a bad touch or not even get a, anywhere near a decent shot that you're really lucky when that happens against a a good premier or even a decent premier league player i think norwich it was more just their players weren't up to snuff more than our defense really defending well and preventing opportunities yeah and
0: I saw a decent game from Agbana um he's had, definitely had better games Diop, I thought was was a, a liability honestly on the defense and I thought Cresswell even was a little bit uh he wasn't as good as he's been but I think Diop right now is probably the weakest defender we had and that's not good when it's a central defender Fredericks definitely gave up there were a few times I I can count three off the top of my head where Um, he kind of let the ball get past him and everything, but that's what the central defender is is there for is to, Hey, you know, if if some guy or um, crosses the ball or gets around you in the wing, then the center defender can kind of go recover while you get back and everything and recover. But, but when it's your central defender, that's the weak part of the defense uh, that doesn't bode well. Uh, What did you think of Diop's performance?
1: Yeah, I, I thought he was the weakest link and I think he's been the weakest link on the back line since the restart. I am not, I don't know if it's Moise's just unwavering faith in Diop or his distrust of Balbuena that's leading to him, leading to Diop being able to start every game without without really any consequence. Um, he he's just so up and down right now, and I want a steadier presence like Balbuena. I thought Balbuena only had he only had a few minutes on, but he seemed he seemed okay. Um, and you mentioned it, Cresswell. I think was another one that just wasn't wasn't fully at his best. I I do think I can forgive Cresswell and Fredericks a little bit in this game because they had more of an offensive assignment going forward, and I think both can, both had some some pretty good crosses. Fredericks had an assist, and I think Cresswell, Cresswell had one a fantastic cross that I found Antonio on the near post that the defender or the the goalkeeper saved, but. Yeah, I, I would replace Diop with with Babuino, much like we talked about last time. I think Diop is going to be a great contributor to this team, but he needs to he needs to almost I don't want to say be punished, but but be disciplined. By you know, you're not having a good game, you need to realize that hey, that you're not going to have a, a guaranteed spot in the starting eleven.
0: Yeah, and let's look at why uh, history for a soccer team is important. You look at history and you say, okay, you know. Uh, what, when does, does my team as a manager, when does my team get weak? When does my team kind of lose confidence? And we can see from just this past season that when the defense is suffering, say under Roberto, um, then the team loses a lot of confidence. And I think Moise needs to look at that and say, Hey, okay, as a defender, you're going to have a bad game, Uh, but, but right now it's a string of bad games. And if we start losing confidence in defense as a team, then just this, like I said, you look at the history. Uh, it doesn't bode well for our team. So I think you need to look past that. I don't know what is going on with Balbuena, but in terms of uh, the relationship he has with Moyes, but he did sub him in. I would think that was a, a, a correct sub. I think I uh, maybe could have been done a little bit earlier. I would definitely start Balbuena next game over Diop, and uh, and make sure that we don't uh, that history doesn't repeat itself.
1: Yeah, so something that brings up a really interesting discussion. Obviously, you and I both think there needs to be a change, if not two changes, if if we include Noble to the next game. A lot of people say you never change a winning side, and I think there is some merit to that argument. Uh, but I, I would disagree with them in that. I don't want you to massively change a winning side. I you know if you have if you have a winning tactic if you have a winning lineup, stick with it pretty much to a T, but you also need to be able to adjust to the diff- the idiosyncratic differences of other teams you're playing. What we did against Norwich, th- this game, isn't going to work against Man United in a week. It's not going to work against this upcoming game necessarily. It might or might not, but it's not going to work per- the exact same way. And so I think if you you take a winning team, you can change one or two players – as long as they weren't the key to that formation, and, and you're going to be all right. I think that's definitely warranted here with kind of Diop not playing great and, and maybe you know Noble not really being a, an everyday player. I think there are other players that could come in and, and keep the engine moving, per se, uh, while keeping that winning tactic alive.
0: And one quick point I want to make is we're, in my opinion, us changing those two players, at least from what I would do, you're not changing the dynamic of the team. You're keeping that same chemistry offensively. You are improving the team from last time. So if you were changing, say, uh, all three center mids, that would probably change the dynamic of the team. But you took took
1: Antonio out and put Hilaire in, completely different players, taking off a player that's just had one of the best games I've seen from a West Ham player. Like that is – you do not do that. But, yeah, changing – a, a I, central defender on a team when, when our team wasn't challenged defensively anyway.
0: Yeah, I think you're just making slight changes. You're, you're not, uh, you don't want to change. We're not changing the winning side, in my opinion. I'm, I'm not changing the winning side. I'm changing, I'm just making slight improvements here and there. So, yeah.
1: And then one thing you mentioned is uh, I, I think when you, when you talked about the winner, you said you probably should have brought him on sooner. Uh, I think that's something you should say about all of the subs in this game. If, if I have any glaring criticism of Moy's in this game, it's the way he did position Noble defensively and the way he left so many of our players out there much longer than he needed to. I, I honestly don't think Antonio should have been out there for the fourth goal. I, I, with the way he's worked and put in the effort, I would have taken him out at about the 60th minute or, you know, as soon as he scored that third one. I, well, several of our other players as well, Noble and, and others, needed to be rested.
0: So let's kind of talk about what What do you think of Moyes overall? So the subs, I think he has uh, tactically suffered in terms of subs. Uh, he brought on Noble, not in this game, but in games past, he's brought on Noble and it completely changed um, the way the game was played. And I think we actually had lost that particular game uh, when we brought on Noble. So it, it, there's some times he brought on Yarmolenko one time and Hey, Yarmolenko went and scored the game winner for Chelsea. So it, also, one thing I want to give credit to Moyes for, and I want to see if uh, you agree with it's Moise, uh, with um, the credit going to Moyes here, we have unlocked an offensive rhythm and chemistry. Now, is that because of the manager, or is that because the players have worked? I, I think they've all worked really hard. I'm not saying they haven't, but um, it's because they've worked really hard and say, hey, like, you know, kind of taken ownership like we've got to save ourselves from relegation because the manager's not going to which one do you think it is
1: yeah well I, I think there's there's a lot to unpack there I'll, I'll start off with with for the offensive kind of revelation or just just massive improvement we've had I, I do have to give some credit to Moyes I think he too often under Pellegrini what we saw is we trotted out the same formation with the exact same tactics every week even when it was not working, and it. We never adapted. And that's really what, in the end, what I felt like got Pellegrini fired is that he never adapted. Um, Moyes, I thought he was sinking into that same rhythm of not adapting. And I was even even during, after the Chelsea win, I was still hesitant. I, I really criticized him after that game because I didn't think he was really the reason that game turned around. But after these, these four games of seeing that, I, I really do have to give him credit. I, even though he necessarily hasn't changed the formation, he's changed how that formation plays. He's changed the roles of certain players on offense. And it, I think it has definitely contributed to that. Now, moving back to the, the subs, I think he's used subs very poorly since the restart. I think the only sub you can point to that that's had success was the Yarmolenko sub, but let's think about that. And I, now I credit to Yarmolenko, he did fantastic. And that sub worked out. But if I remember correctly, Yarmolenko was subbed out for Bowen. It was a straight, straight swap. There was no tactic change. It was just a straight for straight swap. And with Bowen's willingness to get towards goal, do you think the, that outcome would have been any different? Do you think Bowen would have done anything else on that? particular play in Chelsea where he he would have been eager to get on the break he would have been open for Antonio to pass to he probably would have been pacier to get to get even an even more open shot no not taking away anything from Yarmolenko, but I'm saying what I'm trying to say is I don't necessarily think the sub made the difference in that in that case
0: I think bringing Yarmolenko on made the difference I think taking I think you could have taken someone off um yeah better I, think I guess we would have maybe been
1: better served to in that game taken like the lanzini off or right. even a more defensive player off just but so overall no i don't i think moise's substitutions have been lacking i think he should have brought on i don't have any criticism with the players he brought on in this match but i think he needed to bring them on much sooner uh one but, thing i would i would have liked to have seen lanzini featured again just cuz i thought he he earned playing time the last time he featured. He, he's definitely been earning it.
0: And one thing that I've been a little disappointed with Moys is we, we've got five subs, right? Since the restart, usually in a, a regular shark game, you've got three, but, but we've got five because uh, the summer we're taking water breaks and all this stuff. So I, Hey, if you don't use all five, every single game, fine. But, Right now we're using i, I think uh, just me recalling we used two subs per game for the past you know three or four games, and maybe maybe yeah we, I don't think we've ever used three subs so
1: well we, like, we used we used five this game, but if we look at the numbers, four of them or sorry three of them were past the eightieth minute there it was uh, okay that's yeah, fair. If you, yeah. i don't, i don't I wouldn't consider giving someone five minutes of playing time really using a sub so, right. Yeah, for the most part, yeah, we've used yeah no, and,
0: and and that's my point is why not use use the subs? Hey, if the team's playing great, you're up four zero and you know I, I don't know your your team is not tired at all. You're not seeing hey, then fine, maybe use one or two if you need to, but I'm okay with that. But there's we we lost one zero against Burnley, right? We we did beat Chelsea, and but that sub that was um the Ramienko sub we've talked about. We've tied, uh, we've tied games, we've lost games since the restart, so. If you're losing games, first of all, then bring on people to change the dynamic because clearly what you have out there isn't working. If you're tied, okay, maybe you don't need to use all five subs, but but use something to change the dynamic. And I think we we saw one, I think, offensive sub um, against uh, against Newcastle, and and then we had the noble um, sub, which was a defensive sub. But you're tied, so yeah, yeah. So I agree. I think the subs lacking a little bit with the manager. Well, I think
1: you also have to be—you have to be cognizant of not just the players in the starting eleven, but also the players on the bench. So, I get th- thinking about the starting eleven. Antonio, prone to soft tissue injuries, has been working extremely hard. Give him thirty minutes off. Don't don't make him play till the seventy seventh minute. Which we did. Take him off at the sixtieth minute. Take him off. You know, we're up. We're ahead. A player like Claire needs to get match fit. Give him more than the like twelve minutes you gave him. Right. To, to get ready a player you know frederick's another player that's injury prone wouldn't we be well served when we're up three nil taking him off to not risk injury and giving a youngster like ben johnson a chance there you got to think of both the players that are on the pitch and the players on on the bench because you're gonna you're probably still gonna need the players on the bench you're gonna need to get key playing in his rhythm you're going to, to need, need to get Jack Wilshire back up to full fitness because he could be a key player. You you know, you know need to think about that as a manager, and I, I think too often Moyes just doesn't. Yeah. But, but I, I will say, all that to say, I, I do have to give him credit for this win and just kind of the change we've seen over the last few games uh, from the offensive standpoint. I still would not be happy going into next season with him, even if we stay up, which we probably will at this point. But... I'll back. I'll back the team, if that's the case.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I I do not think Moyes is the correct manager to um to carry us into next season. However, you also have to give him a slight credit for the Bowen, the Suchek, and um and the Randolph, you know, uh, transfer in January. Even though it took him a whole month, and I was very critical of him during that time. Every one of those, and get Randolph, just we just needed him, and he worked for us. So yeah. you know, I can't really. But but let's see, the Suchek and Bowen have been fantastic transfers. So if while I still think Moyes is not the the right manager to carry us through. I, I do have to give him a little bit more credit um, than probably I want to, based on the transfers and based on our offensive chemistry we've unlocked. Now he's got a if he's got to fix his subs, and he's got to fix um, the defense, and you know, and then we could see a lot more potential. I think.
1: Exactly. And I, I'm cautiously optimistic about his transfers. I his transfers this this past January have been excellent. I think Bowen and Suchek, without them, our team would be in the bottom three right now. Yes. Yep. Uh, and, and and also Randolph was a good one. But we also last last time he was in charge of the club, the tra- the January transfers didn't go so well. A la Jordan Hugel, who's I don't think QPR, he's playing for QPR right now and don't, I don't even think we can pawn him off to them on, on a permanent. So let's hope, hopefully more more like this year's transfers. And overall, let's, keep, let's hope we keep pushing forward. Uh, next segment we're going to discuss kind of what, what the outlook is to the Watford game is going to be a critical six-pointer. Welcome back. In this section, we're going to talk about the upcoming game this Friday against Watford. So just a little bit of background. We are currently tied with Watford uh, on 34 points apiece, but we are ahead fairly substantially on goal, goal differential. Both of us still fighting to stay above the relegation zone. As of now, when we're recording, uh, Villa have just won their game to bring them four points away, and, and Bournemouth still have a game to play against Leicester, but they're six points off of both of us. So it's very fair to say that this is this is a true six pointer. What do you think, Chris?
0: Yeah, uh this is a true six pointer, but the the way you come out is you come out hard and you come out offensively. And we play that same formation. I would make the noble sub and make it for a more offensive uh more offensive midfielder. And I, I don't know I, I must say because the way Antonio played, um, I don't know if I'd start Holaire. I'd probably bring him in on as a s on as a sub. Uh, again Yarmolenko I think is great off the bench but I don't think he should start so I think you come out really really offensively and aggressively and and put this game away uh, really quickly because we need points on the board and we've got a pretty good goal differential but if we win this game I would say we're pretty clear relegation
1: yeah I think if we win this game we're it's done and dusted we're we're too far for either um, the teams in the top of the relegation zone to catch us just about and I agree with you. I'd take off Noble. Probably you, you you can't you can't really move Antonio after that performance. Ideally, right. I'd start Hilaire up top and kind of have Antonio on the left side where he's kind of roaming in. But I, what I'd probably do is put take off Noble, move Fornals to the center where where Noble was, and then kind of and put Lanzini out on the left, or maybe maybe Yarmolenko I don't know I don't think Yarmolenko on the left would work very well with his kind of foot preference but yeah I think we we need to come out strong this is the way we've been clicking offensively we need to continue at this point and Watford Watford have played well too they they beat uh Newcastle 2-1 in their last game they're not going to be a pushover team they got they have some really solid players
0: uh, so after this game, we're going to go play man United and Man United has been doing really well. Uh, they're actually, you know, uh, competing for a top spot now. So compared to how they were doing at the start of the season, it's a lot better. And something that I think is really important is winning this game, not only for the relegation, uh, battle that we're, we're in, though, we're a lot better position than we were, but winning this game and, and going into man United versus uh, losing this game and going into Man United, I think you're going to see two different teams. And I think you're going to see either a confident West Ham or you're going to see a West Ham that perhaps could regress uh, back into to that uh, lack of chemistry that we've seen.
1: Yeah, I think this this is really the key to our season because after this, if if we don't do a good result against Watford, we're probably not going to get a result against Man United. And that means the final game against Villa will be – what decides it and I I like our (laughs) chances against Villa but not in a one game sample size not right that's too much to risk the the future of our club and so it's it's imperative that we come out here get a result I'd take a draw just for what I think it would protect us from but we we need to go for the three points
0: well let's talk about that draw for a second so say we say we get that draw both of us would have 35 points we'd still be ahead on goal differential uh, what does that do for us in terms of securing us from relocation?
1: That would all but lock it up because we would still have, uh, uh, we, there's still a chance to go down Villa and Bournemouth would be in, in, in spitting distance of us, but with the way they're playing, both of them would have to probably win two out of the last three and draw, draw the other to, to jump us. So as far of a goal differential we are we are ahead of all of them, a draw should see us locked up because it would maintain that six goal differential for Watford tied with points. And then probably about five or six points ahead of, of each Villa and Bournemouth, but a, a win would all but see it close. So it, there is, I, I couldn't complain about a draw as far as where it would put us on the table. But um, when when the alternative is is to secure yourself survival, it's tough to tough to accept a draw.
0: I think we do need to talk about too. If you lose this game, uh, what would happen? And if you lose this game, we are in uh, not as <laughs> not a great place. And the reason is because first of all, Watford would be up by three points on us. We would go into that a Man United game as I mentioned uh, with probably not the best mentality. Then you go to, for Villa. Villa, you would pretty much become a must-win game unless they really mess up the next two games that they have. Uh, so losing this game is uh, is defining. I think it's yeah. really defining, and I think it's going to be defining on how we play the rest of the, the games. I would feel confident going into uh, the rest of the season. Obviously, just a few more games left with a win at Wadford. even a, even a tie, but a loss would be absolutely devastating.
1: Well, I, I think it. Even if we Obviously, it's from this point forward. A success is staying up. A failure is going down. That's pretty much all we can at this point of the season. That's all that that breaks our or differentiates our season. But I wouldn't feel good if we're just a point above the zone at the end of the the year. I I wouldn't feel great about the season anyway with the way it's gone. But there's getting, let's say, two wins in our last. Three would, would make me much more confident into the summer, both in Moyes and in the team, uh, going into next season. And I really think it would be key for the team itself going, ending the season on a high note, looking to build on something for next season. Uh, so would, would be huge.
0: Let's talk about something uh, that I've I kind of like to analyze, and I think it's kind of telling on how the team's going to do. Um, manager's instructions. So if you were the manager or if you were telling Moyes what he needs to tell the team, uh, what would, what instructions would you give going into Watford? And I'll, I'll start off. I think for me, I would, I would say the defense has got to be tight. The defense has got to be shored up. Um, We we can't allow these, the space that we've been allowing them and we can't allow these chances. Uh, They've gotten both teams that we played Burnley and uh, Norwich have gotten some, some really decent chances. Um, Norwich probably should have put away and Burnley obviously uh, had that one really good header. But so I think you've got to lock up your defense. Another instruction I would put is keep that chemistry. Don't force balls through, but make sure that you're taking those shots and make sure um, that, you know, we're providing the service because look what happens when we provide the service to Antonio and look what happens when we provide the service to Sucek. Goals are going in. And like you mentioned, Antonio has been playing great every single game, but when he's got that service, when he's, when he's got the ball at his feet, um, things happen.
1: Yeah, I, I would, similarly to you on the defensive side, to lock it up, I'd tell them, don't let any ball go by you. It, it doesn't matter if you clear the ball out of bounds and they get it back. There's no reason a ball should go by you from the back four perspective. Too many times, I think I think Ogbonna does a really good job of this, but too many times, a lot of the problems I see with Diop, uh, Cresswell, even Fredericks at times. They'll they'll press up on the guy, but then they'll let him get a pass through and that's where they, they might think, oh, there's no one on the other side to get it or it'll be an out of position. Don't give them the chance to get to make it be a good pass. Block the pass. Block the pass. Clear it out wide. Hopefully not for a corner. Hopefully for just a throw in or maybe we can even get the ball back. But don't try and be fancy with it. They can't score the ball from out of bounds.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I, we've, we've talked pretty extensively, I think about, um, the starting 11, I pretty much keep the same team, maybe sub out that Noble, definitely sub out Diop. Uh, actually I can tell you, I would also definitely sub out Noble. Um, one thing I think, uh, it, we mentioned that defense, uh, defensive strategy, and I would like to see better on defense it, besides the instructions of don't let a ball go by you is when Fredericks and Cresswell kind of cut in to protect the goal, they leave a ton of room on the outside. And something I've been seeing is when teams like a Chelsea just specifically, but also Burnley did it to us too. Um, and Newcastle actually, but you, you come down, you've got all our defenders really tight. And then all you, what they do is they look at the defense as they're coming as the other teams attacking and they say, oh, the right side's really compressed and you know we're not doing well. Let's back it up and let's switch the field. And then you've got that defender on the very far side of the wing that's completely open because Frederick slash Cresswell um, are are too far in. I, I understand you need to go predict the goal, but I would like to see them close that distance a little bit better, especially when you see the team switching the field. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, you you really have to work on the communication between the fullback and, and the wingers on, on their side. Let's say it's on the right side, Bowen and Fredericks. Well, Bowen and Fredericks both need, both need to be on the same page. The situations which, where, where Fredericks is going to go inside so that Bowen can kind of flare out and protect any runner that goes wide down the flank. Similarly, if Fredericks goes out to get that guy, Bowen needs to know, all right, I need to track any run that cuts inside of him. That cuts inside to where Fredericks would have been. So that's that's one way where you. I don't really care how it's done, but if it's Fredericks going outside and Bowen covering the middle, or vice versa. But there needs to be the communication that that holds for both sides. Whoever plays on the left side with Cresswell, they need they need to be aware of uh, uh, what what their duties are. A lot of times, like we when we put four nows on the side. He either has he's either not fast enough or maybe has a mental lapse and and that's where we see when Cresswell is really tight, them getting a lot of flank down that a lot of uh, room down that flank, and that's where we're going to struggle. There, Watford has some players that are really good at getting on the end across. That they have a Troy Deeney, obviously he scores. He's not only a leader of their team but tends to always play very well against us. You could say that about just about any team striker tends to do very well against Wissam, but Troy Deeney has a history of putting in goals against us, and we can't let them get un- uh, uncontested crosses in- into the box.
0: Yeah, yeah um, I agree. And uh, another – let's talk about that Hilaire start. So you were saying you, you would start Hilaire, is that correct?
1: No, I – ideally – I would start Hilaire, but with the way Antonio played, I don't think you can move him out wide. And we've, what I, I think what I would do ultimately, I'd bring him on as a sub, one of the first subs off the bench, but I'd have Antonio exactly where he was, Bowen exactly where he was, and then kind of on the left winger position, instead of Fournals out there, I'd put Lanzini and move Fournals to the center where I think he's more effective, kind of filling the same role as Noble where you're pressing up top and when on the offensive end, you're kind of that number 10 facilitator. And I think that kind of forward four, if we think about the three midfield wingers and then the Antonio up top would will be a deadly, deadly attack, especially when you've, we've seen Suchet get forward as much in dangerous positions as, as we have. I don't think we talked about it in the last section, but but he's been really ever since that first goal went in, as that was disallowed, he's been in a t- great attacking position. He's gotten great opportunities. I know one particularly in the Burnley game was a great save by, by Nick Pope that eight times out of 10 would have been a goal. Uh, and, and he had a couple opportunities this time where he's fighting to get into dangerous positions. So I think we'll have enough offensive output as long as we, we see similar ball movement and off the ball movement in that. So I, I wouldn't start – all that to say I wouldn't start Hilaire, but I would – he'd be the first person off the bench for me. Yeah,
0: uh, let's talk about subs too for a second. So I think in terms of offensively, Hilaire would definitely be off the bench for me uh, if we needed to change something, say we're either down or in a tie, even if we were... Um, depending on what player you take off for the tide, be a little bit more cautious. But uh, Hilaire would definitely be off the bench. I think Yarmolenko also has a, a very high chance for me to get in this game if we need to change things around offensively. Uh, I, would, I would definitely do both. Uh, I could consider both of them. Uh, Wilshire, maybe. It would definitely way depend on how the game's going if we really need to sub out a bunch of people. But right now I'm a little bit more hesitant because of the way the team's playing uh, to throw in, you know, a third offensive sub in there um, if you've already subbed in Hilaire and Yarmolenko
1: yeah the only argument I'd make is for i, I agree with you on on Yarmolenko. I think he he deserves definitely a sub substitution in especially if we're down the only thing I'd say for Wilshire is he's basically our most defensive minded midfielder besides noble that that we could sub in so if if basically if you want to take out a Lanzini or a four and put in a quote more defensive player there's not that many options except. I guess you could put Masuaku out there, but really, as far as the midfield options go, we don't have a lot uh, defensively.
0: Yeah, I'd probably stay away from Masuaku just because I think he's m- too much of a wild card in a game that we need to go our way. Um, but I, the way I could see Wilshire coming into the game and the way he would come into the game for me is uh, you're up 2 0, or it's the 80th minute and you have, and you know. You're up 1-0, I think. Uh, if you're up 1-0 in the 10th minute of the game, great. You still have a lot more game to play. Don't make a sub. But if you've got that 10 minutes to play, you really – you know, you think, okay, at this point we may not get another goal, but we've got to prevent them from a late goal, uh, I, I would consider a defensive sub. And I think I would have Wilshire over Noble just because of the speed. And, the. I mean, I, I know he's not technically, quote-unquote, match fit, but he did okay against Chelsea, and I've not seen great results from Noble.
1: Yeah, and I, this is I think this is one thing when we talk about the subs dimension. So last game, I think situationally, Moys waited far too long to sub players in. This game, I'm, I'm taking I'm going to take a little bit different of a tune, just in the sense of this game has the potential to to make or break the remainder of the season. So if it's if it's the 80th, you know, if if it's the say 60 65th minute. We're tied or winning by one or even down by one. Keep, keep our key players on longer because this is – I'm willing to sacrifice, rest some players in the main United game if it means pushing for that win on this one. Now if we're up 3-0 in the 70th minute, yeah, take a player or two off, rest them, facilitate them through so we're fit, fit the rest of the season. But this is the game. This is where we lay it all on the table. This is where we fight for the three points. Don't give it up. If we're tied, go for the win. If we're down, throw everyone forward.
0: All right, Chris. Score predictions. Ugh.
1: I say two-one us. We've been uh, that's doing well offensively. I don't think we're not going to hold a clean sheet. Probably, I, you know, I, we held one against Norwich, but I don't think it was any fantastic doing by our defense that did it more just Norwich's ineptitudes but yeah 2-1 2-1 from us I say probably Deeney gets the goal for them he always seems to get them against us and I think I think we're going to get one for for analysis game I think he's going to be one of the ones that puts it in for us Uh, and then breaking the other way Antonio's just been unstoppable he'll get the other
0: that's fascinating, I think, because I would say 2-1 exactly uh, for us as well. And I see that in goal differential. We're we're fairly significantly ahead in goal differential. Um, so we're, we're scoring more. We have not done great at keeping a clean sheet, so I think one will go in. It probably won't be Fabianski's fault. It's probably going to be our center defenders or our defensive fault, but regardless. Um, and then I also... I I see a goal from Suchek because he has been dead. He has been very deadly every single game and there's just either they've been ruled out by VAR. They've been ruled out by, you know, whatever. um, Or he's just barely missed or, you know, Nick Pope making some great saves, whatever it is. I I think Suchek's going to, going to get a goal this game. I think Antonio has a very, very strong potential to get a goal. And I think if we get a third goal, we're going to see that third goal, Come from, like you mentioned, a Fornals, even a Lanzini.
1: A Bowen. A Bo- Bowen's a- been knocking yeah. on the door, too.
0: Exactly. Someone that you are, you know, has been playing well, but maybe hasn't had a goal in a while if if we get that third goal. Yeah. But I think Sucek and Antonio are going to be the keys offensively to get that goal. And then obviously, if you need to bring someone off the bench, uh, we mentioned bringing Hilaire and Yarmolenko. I both have, I, I have confidence in both of them um that if they came out on the field they would they would get a goal, especially with the service we've been putting into the box. Uh, Hilaire requires service and and we've been giving it. So let's yeah. see
1: what he- But you gotta give them each of those subs right. time. You can't just throw them in the eightieth minute and expect them to, to get in straight to the game. Like you you know you gotta you gotta give them time to get into the flow of the game and, and hopefully yeah. I, I trust I trust both of them be able to generate the goals if they're able to to get into it. So that's our score prediction. This is going to be a a crucial game for West Ham season. Uh, You and I will be tuning in and hopefully, hopefully we'll get that, that crucial three points and, and really swing the tide of, of the, of this critical match. So like to say thanks and come on you irons.
0: Yeah. I hope we can be just as happy next week as we are this week. Come on you irons.